Hey everyone, this is Dave DeBow. Welcome to another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And today, I have a very interesting guest on the call with me today, and it is Terry Shower. Am I pronouncing your name properly, Terry? Perfect, yeah. Pardon me? Yeah, it's perfect. It's good. Well, that's that's great. First time around. <laughs> Terry, welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you on board. And um if you haven't heard or if you haven't met Terry yet, she's a very, very experienced real estate entrepreneur. She's also a realtor. She's also a professional property manager, and she's the author of a new book we'll be talking a little bit about today. And as you can tell by all the, the medals and trophies hanging around her, <laughs> she's, a, uh, she's a very, very accomplished athlete as well. So Terry, great to have you on the call. And before we jump in, just tell us a little bit about what athletics you like to focus on. What, what's, your, what's been your focus? Yeah, so I uh, actually have been in martial arts for a really long time. And I started with 10 years of kickboxing. So I ended up boxing uh, semi-professionally in Europe and then came back to Canada and was on the Canadian team for a couple of years. And then that was a bit too intense, but I realized I couldn't just quit cold turkey um, so I switched to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is, in a weird way, it's like a bit more chill than kickboxing because you're not taking all kinds of hits to the head. Something goes wrong, you tap out. It, and you're just choking people out, that's all. You're there getting... you go. <laughs> <laughs> but if something goes wrong, you just tap and it's all over. Um, and then, so that's what I do most of the time now. I, I still compete actively and uh, I teach now as well, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So. And you're telling me off, off camera that you just won a pretty impressive title. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, in uh, last December, I won uh, a world title in uh, no-gi. So that's actually in just you compete compete with the like the kimono and without it. So it was the world championship without kimono. And uh, yeah, so I was very pleased to be able to have that experience. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, that's, that's very impressive. And, and as we we're discussing, it comes in handy sometimes when you're dealing with tenants. <laughs> but well. you probably, I hope you haven't had to choke anybody out, but I, I'm sure it... it makes you feel a lot more comfortable and confident dealing with your tenants. So let's start at the beginning, Terry. How did you first get inspired to get involved in real estate investing? So it did, for me, it, it kind of happened a bit uh, accidentally. Like I, when I moved out of my parents' house, um, I was 19, I went away to college and uh, I ended up, there wasn't enough space in like the student dorms. So I ended up in this like big informal kind of co-op style house, which with no manager. And when I moved in, it was a complete mess. The person who'd been taking care of the property had left. And so my fellow tenants uh, voted me house manager basically the next day after I moved in. And so my first task was to clean up the garbage and, you know, try to organize everybody. Um, and then that started me down the path to being a property manager. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, yeah, that's definitely jumping in with both feet. And yeah. And what at this point, I know you do a variety of different things, but when it comes to actually investing in real estate, what is your main focus and your main strategy? Yeah. So, I mean, because I, I'd say my, my real talent is uh, as a property manager, um, most of the time I've done uh, buy and hold. Um, like obviously I have a sort of a portfolio of clients who I manage for. So some of my money comes from, uh, commissions, I guess, for managing and, and brokering. But for me personally, usually I, I buy and hold properties. Like I have sold, um, one of my buildings, but the other ones I've really had them 
you know, kind of since I started out as an investor and then acquire an additional property when I see an opportunity and when financing permits. So. And are you focused more on single family homes or multis or what, what's kind of your sweet spot? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I live in Montreal where like in the Montreal area, there's really not that many single family homes and like the tenancy market for single family homes, um, is not awesome. And because management is my strength, I prefer to keep things kind of within a radius where my team can deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've invested mostly in like smaller properties. So like triplex, triplex, duplex, quadruplex, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been tempted lately to get into something a little bit bigger, but the market for bigger properties, like six plus properties in Montreal is so competitive right now that like the, there's almost better deals in what gets, um, qualified as residential here. Multi-unit starts uh, with a six and up. And uh, so that, that market's super competitive. And somehow the opportunities I find tend to be smaller properties. Interesting. So, Interesting. Very good. So um, I want to do our, our conversation a little bit differently today, Terry, because again, you've, you've just written a book and it's the, the primary focus of the book is all about property management, right? So who, yeah. tell, us, tell us a little bit about the book and, and we'll look a little bit more at that. Yeah. So, you know, I guess like over, it's been 20 years that I've been managing properties and, and sort of being in real estate. And, you know, the book is marrying a little bit my own mindset journey with some of the nuts and bolts stuff that you need to succeed in investing. So, you know, as time goes on, I have observed my way of doing business changing and also seeing some of the like mistakes and pitfalls that um, the investors that I manage properties for run into. Mm -hmm. Um, and so really it's, I'd say the books are like about a 50, 50 split between half is just really nuts and bolts of like, what do you need to do to manage a property effectively? And then the other part is really two aspects of mindset. So the first one being, how do you, in the beginning, get out of your own way, um, get over your fear just to make the moves that you need to make? Because at the beginning, very often we kind of don't trust ourselves. Um, and we have like a lot of mental obstacles in our way. So that's one aspect. And then once you start succeeding, um, then that becomes its own kind of problem because is the, is your purpose in real estate to have as many doors as possible? Are you going to be happy when you get to a hundred, a thousand, or are you in real estate maybe to get to a certain level of cash flow and then say, I'm interested in playing other games with my life. So it's a little bit to kind of examine like the, the science of success and think about like, you know, you're not trying to, everybody doesn't have the same goals and if you really want to do it do do your investing in a mindful way it has to be something that fits with what it is that you're trying to get out of it not as a competitive sport necessarily to try and outdo the next guy so yeah and i think being an athlete you bring a unique perspective to things because you know especially having been a professional athlete you've worked with coaches you've done a lot of yeah a lot of work on the the mental game of things that the rest of us who are not athletic or haven't been in, involved in sports like that probably aren't aware of. So yeah, I think you probably bring a, a lot of value from that to helping the rest of us get focused on our goals as real estate investors. Now, Terry, um, what do you think are, is like the biggest mistake you see us mom and pop landlords <laughs> making when we're self-managing our own properties? Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a few of these. I'd say one of the big ones is uh, nickel and diming. So I think, yeah, what do you mean by that? 
so you know you like you're in investing right you need to spend money to make money and sometimes i work for clients who like you know have a hard time paying 50 bucks to get the hallway cleaned or have the grass cut or just do you know really little minor jobs either either they will try to do everything themselves um and kind of burn themselves out and really unfortunately it ends up being a lot of opportunity cost because you only have so much time to invest into what you're doing as an, in, as an investor. And if you're spending that time cleaning stairways and, you know, mowing the lawn, that's not necessarily the highest leverage, like way that you can use your time. So I'd say that's one thing, like being really mindful of, of, um, you know, how you're investing your time. Um, and, uh, the other thing I would say is really, it's like sweating the small stuff. Um, a lot of the clients that I get uh, come to me when they're up to here with their tenants and they just can't deal with another phone call. They can't deal with, you know, another fight over a rent check. That's a couple of days late. Um, and so I would really say like some of it is, is also just about getting perspective. And, and this is again, where like for me, some of the mindfulness comes in that, you know, in, in terms of how we interact with the world, like it's possible to be in reaction mode or it's possible to be in sort of, let things come to you mode and let me really focus on what's the salient point here. What's the most effective way of dealing with things and not just be in reaction mode all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Well said. Now, what do you, what would you say to somebody if they said, well, that sounds good, Terry, but I find with my tenants, I've had experience where if I give them an inch, they take a mile. What, what, where's, where's the happy balance there? Yeah, so uh, I, definitely, and I and I feel like um, you know a lot of people who struggle with their role as a landlord, they're kind of like seesawing between those things. Like on the one hand, they tend to let things slide that they shouldn't let slide, and then come down super hard on stuff that maybe they could come down a bit less hard on. Sounds like me with my teenage son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So like you know the the, the flip flopping back and forth. And so like what I do is, I mean, I assume the first thing is that I always treat my tenants in a professional relationship. So because I work a lot in French, it's kind of easier because we have in, in French, we have like a politeness form, like it's called vous. And so you create a little bit of professional distance for sure in English, like that can be a bit more difficult, but definitely like if you call them, just address them as Mr. And don't get into like, you know, uh, rude text messaging battles. Just if you interact with them in a way that's professional, it's going to encourage them to react to you in a way that's professional. So I would say treat your, treat your tenancy, like your, your, your management as if it's a business. If you only have one condo, it's not like the tenant needs to know that, right? Mm -hmm. You can say it's our policy to do this, or you can dictate to them like me, for example, um, I actually have one, like I have two phones. I have a, a personal phone and a, and a business phone. And on the business phone, it tells people how to interact with me. So let's say I answer the phone from nine to five, uh, evenings and weekends, you can send me a text message in case of emergency, or else please send me an email and I will deal with it, deal with it on Monday morning. So you can very easily like channel that communication in such a way that it's not frazzling you and getting to you at a time when it's inconvenient. Because I think that's one of the other things that like generates a lot of stress for people is this like kind of constant unpleasant influx of information when you don't want it and yeah. so if you you educate your tenants on how to speak to you then really it's uh it's much better no oh, that that, yeah. that was a writer downer what you gave us right there yeah <laughs> two phones yeah and on the yeah. business phone you you, you know you, you have your regular office hours nine to five whatever it is then the message educates your tenants on how best yeah. to communicate with you yeah 
worst case scenario being send you a text right now if it's a, if it's emergency. If so. it's an emergency, yeah. And then I, I would just add one other thing to that. And cool. I think the other one is that, you know, I really, um, I'm a big, big believer in personal responsibility. And I always try to make my tenants sort of as responsible as possible. And that even happens in the way I communicate with them. So let's say, you know, I'll give you an example. I had um, uh, an in, uh, a building that needed to be treated for bed bugs. And so I had one tenant who didn't want to let the exterminator in. He had a cat. I don't know, whatever. So, you know, I could have like screamed and yelled at him, but I just, you know, presented the facts to him very calmly. It's like, look, you can choose to refuse the exterminator access to the building. Then the city inspector will come. You will get a fine. Really, it doesn't, it's no skin off my nose which one you do. But if you don't collaborate, this is going to be the consequence. And now you make your decisions. Like, here's the easy road. Here's the hard road. I don't really mind what you do, but this is what's going to happen if you don't do what I tell you to. So there you go. You know? Nice. So you took the emotion yeah. out of it and it was just a business-like conversation exactly. and you didn't get all ruffled. Exactly. And like, amazingly, like if you, if you talk to people that way, it's not only is it respectful, but it also makes them kind of come back down and be like, oh yeah, wait a second. Like I do need to take responsibility for whatever's going to happen. And you want to pay your rent late. No problem. Well, I'll see you at the tenancy board. And then you're going to get a fine, even if you pay because you paid late and da da da. It doesn't make a difference to me, you know? Yeah. So, so it, Terry, we're, we're, time flies when we're having fun. That's for sure. So we're just <laughs> about at the end of our interview here. So I know you do a, a variety of different things. But if somebody's interested in, so first of all, what's the name of your book? What's your book called? Mindful Landlord. Mindful Landlord. That's, that's a great title. Yeah. And if people are interested in getting a copy of the Mindful Landlord, what should they do? Uh, well, you can just go on Amazon and uh, type in Mindful Landlord. You can also check out my website at uh, terryshower.com. Um, actually, just, uh, you know, there's also, um, for the next couple of weeks, I have a, a promotion running that you get, uh, I have like an action plan, sort of a uh, practical exercises, um, that go together with the book to kind of get people acting out some of the stuff that I'm talking about. And so you can find that also on the website. Yeah. Excellent. Very good. And I know you do a variety of different things. So you're, you're a realtor, you're a property manager, you're a you're a mom, you're an athlete, you're a real estate investor, the whole bit. So I, I know you also do some coaching. So who, who's kind of like the ideal person that, that you work with as a coaching client? Yeah, so really uh, people who are at the beginning of their investment journey. Um, and I guess, you know, part of what made me want to uh, write the book and also I've just, I have a, also an online property management course that I, um, I'm, I'm launching in the next couple of weeks was because I kept getting kind of the same questions over and over again. And I felt like, you know, instead of selling like an expensive coaching package, why not create um, sort of cheaper resources that people can access in a very easy on demand way, the online course, people kind of can watch videos like uh, as, as it goes for the, you know, as, as they can integrate into their life, they don't have to show up and, and physically be somewhere. Right. Um, so yeah. Excellent. And again, they can visit your website to find out more about that, correct? And we'll have the, the website link in the show notes below. Terry, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for sharing some of your insights. Very, very good tip there. Just, I mean, it just pops into my head, the, the two phones and the educating people about how best to interact with you. That is so smart. Yeah. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really try to remember that. <laughs> what if I could do that with my teenage son? <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Definitely the personal responsibility thing. 
hundred percent. That's going to work. hundred <laughs> percent. There you go. Thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. See you next week. Take care. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. And if you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. Be very, very much appreciated. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at Investor Attraction Demo. Dot com. Take care.